Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Steph Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Okay, Annie. It is yeah. that season. We are heading towards the end of September. Today, recording at the end of September. It's going to be released in October, and we've been planning this episode for a minute. Yeah. In anticipation for the spooky seasons, because we love the spooky season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I need to know, what is the most recent Halloween movie or scary movie you watched? <laughs> so I've already started my my repertoire. Exactly. I have a big Halloween catalog that I have to work through. So last night I did, I feel like we talk about this all the time. It sounds like we watch it nonstop, but I watched The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. I did recently before that, I watched uh, Host, the Zoom-based one, and then Paranormal Activity 1 and 2. Uh, and I watched the new Candyman. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm always embarrassed because those are like ones I've talked about before and I'm always trying to think of like, what's a new one I could turn people on to? I haven't gotten to that point yet because I am trying to save, like I'm ready for October. I'm like going through some of the ones I've seen a lot already so I can just like, okay, I've done it. But uh, I haven't watched, I don't think I've watched anything new recently. What about you? I've been revisiting the classics. Uh, yeah, I did watch Malignant. We talked about that. You oh, yeah, watched we did, Candyman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about that. We won't give any spoilers um, <laughs> on any of those. I watched uh, The Ruins for the first time. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a new one for me. Uh-huh. And then I just rewatched Halloween. Because I was like, oh, oh yeah, there's a new one? Halloween coming. The original, the original, the original. original. Uh-huh. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis, one of her first movies. Watched that, yeah. And I was like, huh. You know, in Carrie, you have those girls, the same type of girls in each of these movies. And I really yeah. forget how they sound very similar to one another. I just had that moment <laughs> of like, like the giggling and the high-pitched voices, which is not a bad thing, but it's just interesting mm-hmm. how they played on this really hard in yeah. all of those movies in those eras. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I have uh, gotten a copy of The Silent Hill, or Silent oh. Hill, rather. <laughs> I have gotten a copy of Silent Hill, so I'm, I am getting revved up to go to that. Oh, soon. man, I cannot so we'll wait see. to discuss that with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm already like, whoo. This is going to be interesting. It's good. Uh, yes, that's a good word for it. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm getting ready for that because I've been trying to uh, go through all of them. So I'm very picky in that I don't want it to be too gruesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not huge. Like, murder movies doesn't bother me necessarily, like the slasher films, but it would just over the top, like yeah. it's just being gross and torture films. Right. I don't love that. So... Mm-hmm. That is something that I don't do. But because we love the horror season, we are going to jump right into it with some delightful stories of ghosts, goblins, witches, gods, folklore, and some good haunts from around the world. Yes. And this was your idea. And I think you had it in like August. I told you, you I was really ready for the season. Yeah. She was very excited about it like in August. So this is a long time coming. And it was a really fun one. It was a fun one to research. There are like... I guess content warning more than trigger warning. There are some dark and gruesome themes in here, but we're not going to get... I mean, it's urban legends, essentially, what we're talking right. about. Not the movie, though, which I still not haven't seen. Um, <laughs> and I will say, combing through these, because we had like a big list we were working off of, and I kind of read over summaries of every one of them. 
And they were some common themes, like, immediately that popped out to me, like, women who can shapeshift into animals. Yeah. That was a big one. Or or who are in some way part animal, can control the weather, and often water. Lots of themes around childbirth, child death, motherhood, and sexuality. That probably surprises nobody. Um, Lots of playing on societal fears, which we've talked about. It's kind of a big thing in horror, anyway. Um, A lot of morality tales, stories to keep the youth in line. Right. Like, don't do something bad at school, kids, or this ghost will come get you. Things like that. Or have perfect grades, apparently, is one of the things. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, <laughs> and and if you if this is like really your jam, you can check out past episodes we've done on female monsters. We've done banshees and succubi. Um, I think even the revenge women revenge episodes could kind of fit in, right? If you're like really into it, and why women like monsters type of yes. things too. Yes, yep. why women like monsters. I think we've even done one past hosted one on like vampires specifically. Serial killers, we've done women serial killers and women who love serial killers and then Black Widow serial killers. But all of that being said, just like with a lot of those episodes, we tried to hunt down the best sources, but these are urban legends. Like a lot of it depends on, you know, oral retellings or just things like you can't quite confirm because it's just a story that people pass around. A lot of it is hearsay. Um, And that's where some of the fun of it is, but just caveat on there. Um, and I think, like, we'll probably, most of the time it's very clear, but for pretty much a majority of the urban legends, the, like, story that you tell, there's no proof of this. Like, there's right. no, it's just a story people tell over and over again until you're convinced that it did happen. All right. But, yeah. And also a reminder, in each culture is different, and there's typically yes. more than one variations of these ghosts. We just chose, like, specific areas to talk about that type or that specific folklore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think one of the more famous we'll talk about, it's a little bit about Bloody Mary. Essentially, yeah. there's a different forms of that all over the world. Right. So, just that as a reminder. So, what you heard is obviously going to be different from what they heard, the type of thing. Right. And, yeah, most of them are not necessarily based on any truth. Just mm-hmm. kind of, again, some kind of cautionary tale. So the information yeah. that we get, take it with a grain of salt, but it was fun nonetheless. It was. Right. And will be. <laughs> yes. Uh, and because there are so many good stories and legends around the world, uh, this will be a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So Annie and I decided to go through this massive, and I'm t- saying like a massive list of different types of ghosts or haunts or folklore. Um, and we took and picked out some of our favorites to talk mm-hmm. about. So uh, yeah, here are some of our favorites. Let's, let's start. And I'm going to start this one just because I yes. was like, oh yeah, I've seen this, which is the Korean virgin ghost Y'all, um, and I think it's only fitting that we start with the cautionary tale because this is about the poor young virgins. And yes, pretty much we're talking about the girls, although there is a version of the male virgin and what they have to do for them, but I don't see them haunting people from what I get. Mm-hmm. I know there has been some cultures that talk about the fact that they, they will curse the family. So like, it's not about necessarily the per- the ghost or the coming back of, but that it right. curses the entire family, yada, yada, yada. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> yada, yada, uh, yada, curses. <laughs> yada, 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 whatever. 
And <laughs> yes, these are the young women who died with no purpose nor any meaning because they died tragedy of tragedies as single virgins. Oh no. Um, so according to old folklore and legends within the Korean culture, the many ghosts that exist in these areas are typically made up of young unfulfilled women because they were not able to fulfill their responsibilities as a mother or a wife and so have resentment that makes them unable to move on into the peaceful afterlife. Uh, yeah, so it's very, very important to be married, apparently. And, and again, <laughs> this is very old legend, more so than currently. We know things have changed, but this still exists mm-hmm. in that they think. And I believe they're called Gwishuns, which are the ghosts in Korean. So just so you know. And if I mispronounce that, I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to be real Korean. It's hard. <laughs> and if they appear to you, they are often seen in white hanboks, uh, which is Korean traditional apparel called sobak, which is specific to mourning attire. And of course, their hair is down because they have to untie their hair as a sign that they were indeed never married. So the Oof. married women would have their hair tied up. Right. And sometimes when they appear, they may be shedding tears of blood or covered in blood. So Yikes. I don't know. I think that might be for the extra spooky bits. Because <laughs> right. none of these tales talk about them dying tragically as in like murdered or anything. Just dying without purpose, essentially. And oftentimes when these ghosts appear, they may attach themselves onto young girls, which make those girls become resentful and sure. unable to get married as well, in which turns into more sad ghosts, right? Because that's how it a goes. vicious cycle. And of course, how does one keep from being haunted by a bitter, unfulfilled virgin ghost? Well, according to the Wikipedia <laughs> part of how to stop this ghost, old school <laughs> traditions may include taking, quote, dolls emphasizing the male genitalia, which were made of straw, and put it in a coffin or dolls dressed in men's clothing and then bury upside down. So you turn them so that they really can't come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Then thorns were placed around the coffin and buried. The reason for putting a male doll emphasizing the genitals in a coffin or wearing men's clothes is to comfort them for uh, making contact with men even after they die. And burying the coffins upside down is to block the virgin ghost from coming out thoroughly. This is thoroughly at the end. I don't know why. This is all <laughs> the quote from that. Um, so they have a big plans on how you do this. And of course... Yes, this is also one of those cautionary tales of this is what happens to unlucky women who can't get mm. the husbands and you don't want to become this ghost. So right. you need to go find your man. So you your life will be fulfilled, of course. I don't think anyone clings to that. And apparently there's towns and areas where they have ghost festivals. Oh, interesting. In Korea. And you can visit these areas as well. And some of these like rituals I think they do in order to keep the ghosts from coming to them or at them. So there you go. There you go. That's interesting. I mean, again, yeah, that those are fears we've talked about of like, you know, the single lady ending up alone, the spinster, how dreadful, how sad. Yeah. And uh, I also find it interesting, like the male doll, the male genitalia, like very heteronormative urban <laughs> legends. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> again, you are also supposed to have children. Ah, uh, mm, yes. Mm-hmm. The great mm-hmm. fears. Yes. All right. 
Let's talk about the legend of Madame Koi Koi, the story of a ghost who haunts boarding schools that is popular in Nigeria, South Africa, and Ghana that originated in the 90s. Okay, so there are, yes, like you said, Samantha, there are a few stories about Madame Koi Koi. One of the most popular ones goes that Madame Koi Koi was a beautiful teacher at a secondary boarding school, often told as an all-girls boarding school specifically, her shoes of choice were these red heels that would make a sound like koi as she walked. Madame Koi Koi was a cruel teacher, often abusing students for no reason, as the story goes. The students despised her. Eventually, she was fired after she slapped a female student and damaged her ear. After this, Madame Koi Koi left in a fury and on her way home died in an accident, but not before she promised to get revenge on her ex-students. It didn't take long at all before students reported hearing the Koi 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 of her heels roaming the halls and toilets at night. In another version of the tale, her, her own students bound and gagged her as she was leaving one day and beat her to death. The students involved were picked off one by one until only one remained who swore he could hear the clicking of her heels. No one believed him and he was found dead soon after. The school closed and the other students transferred, spreading the legend with them. And yes, it probably goes without saying, but it, again, this has never been verified <laughs> with truth. and um, almost certainly is firmly an urban legend and nothing more. But still, the urban legend persists. It is very popular. In another version, students decide to play a prank on Madame Koi Koi and locked her in a cupboard, one red heel falling off as she was dragged into this cupboard where she was forgotten about and died. She was pregnant at the time and as she thought of her child dying, she swore to get revenge on all the students who locked her in the cupboard that they would know what it was like to be locked in the dark, dying and screaming with no one to hear you. In this version, you only hear the clicking of one high heel. When you hear her, you're supposed to close your eyes until the sound passes or you will end up in the cupboard next to her, locked in, clawing at the door with no one to hear you. Many similar stories do exist, sometimes with different names. Madame Moke in Ghana, Miss Konkoko in Tanzania, Pinky Pinky in South Africa, but all they all kind of involve a vengeful teacher that serves to keep students in line from going out past curfew. Again, these kind of like morality tales. In Ghana, one story goes that she was a teacher at a school with some troublesome students One day, she took off one of her heels while running after a student, waving them in the air. She chased him across the street. She didn't see the car coming, and it rammed into her, killing her instantly, sending the red heel flying. The ghost takes the form of a single red shoe, screaming, where is my shoe? To which you're supposed to respond, Madam High Heel, and she'll leave you alone. These are the kinds of things I would do, even if I didn't like really believe it. I would right. still do it because I don't want to take the risk. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we take these cautionary tales and we're like, okay, so what is the solution? Is there a solution? Okay, now we know. We're this is how I'm going to fight you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to be prepared. And meanwhile, South Africa's version, Pinky Pinky, targets girls specifically, and specifically on top of that, girls wearing pink underwear threatening to rape them. Oh, God. The creature, often in part man, part woman, part animal, is invisible to boys. Only girls can see her. Um, People have actually looked into the origins of this one and why it impacts only girls. 
And they suspect it has to do with the disappearance of girls in the area and the dangers girls face and or that the myth was created to keep girls inside and off the streets. So yeah, that's Madam Koi Koi. Um, if nice. any listeners know any versions of any of these stories we're talking about, please write in. Yes, I would love that. Okay, so now, since we've heard, man, we've gone through different countries already. I love it. And we're mm-hmm. going to hop over to the wonderful Highlands and we're looking at the uh, legend of a fairy vampire succubus. I'm like, there are so many things to this. What a wonderful combo. And to be honest, <laughs> after reading some of these, I'm like, if I were to be a scary like legend or folklore, if I turned into one of these miraculously, this is the one I think I'd choose. Ooh. It seems pretty fantastic. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I can do this. <laughs> so uh, let's get into this terrifyingly wonderful creature. Uh, the Bavin Sea or the fairy woman in Scottish Gaelic, also known as the Bavinchi, or the white woman of the Highlands. Uh, I guess, so according to some, it's uh, that she is the woman in white for this. And by the way, we're going to talk a little more about other women in white in other cultures. But mm-hmm. also she is seen in green in sometimes in, in these tales. So it kind of goes different variations, apparently. Mm-hmm. But this is a type of white woman who kind of, you know, Praise on men, essentially. But for these beautiful creatures, they are described, yes, as beautiful enchantresses that typically prey on hunters who either stray from the path after dark or make the unfortunate wish of a female companionship in the woods after dark. Yeah, huge mistake, dude. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And due to the blood often on the hunters after a kill, that attracts these specific fairy succubus vampires. So many things. But... <laughs> Unlike vampires, uh, though they do feed off the blood of of the individual, uh, they don't bite into them. They actually have sharp talons that come out that they rip into them, essentially, and drink and feed from them in that way. And you'll often not see this until they're too close to you. Um, Apparently, in some of the legends, they also have horse hoofs or like some type of hoofs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as feet, but is often covered up by the dress, so you never see it until it's oh. too late, oh. obviously. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, they, according to some of the legends, they do feed off some women, but it's very, very rare. And when they do this to the women, it actually turns the women into, yes, babinsi. So they create more if it, having women. Um, and of course, they don't just attack. Oh no, they are true temptresses. And they entice the men by have, getting them to dance with them and putting them under a sort of trance so, so they have a power. Like they're very good at influencing men and enticing and seducing men. And yeah, like I said, they have a lot of powers, including, as you talked about, shape-shifting. Yes, they mm-hmm. can turn into different shapes and more often than not, likely to shift into wolves which is even better. I'm like, yeah, there we are. They're wolves. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and although, according to legend, it does weaken them to be in this type of form because they would rather be fairies. Apparently, you can do trances and all of that while being a fairy only. But it helps them to get away and attack and, and change shapes, obviously. And yeah, and according to some of the legends, they like to travel in packs. They sleep underground uh, in a coffin during the day. And some of them don't even come out except for once a year and can only be found in the woods. And the way to repel them, apparently they don't like iron. And I've learned this from Supernatural. People, (laughs) apparently Supernatural creatures don't like either iron or silver. I need to find both of those. Salt also. Salt. 
Salt is a thing, but I, I haven't seen that mentioned in any of these yet. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's hocus pocus um, and supernatural only. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. So there, yeah, I found these creatures really fascinating and the artwork for them are really beautiful. It's kind of one of those like, yep, there it is. But yeah, so this is the very succubus vampire for y'all to know if you go ever into Scotland. <laughs> hunting alone. Oh, yeah, for Don't sure. Hunt alone. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm glad to know that you have a preferred fairy tale monster you'd like to turn into. I, I mean, like, I feel like if I had to choose one, that would be the one, I think. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. <laughs> now let's hop over to another part of the world and discuss La Llorona. The weeping woman that often haunts rivers at night who has scared generations and has featured in books, TV shows, and multiple movies. Um, and yes, this is also a kind of another take on the woman in white, which we have, yeah, like you said, quite a few in here. The story of La Llorona originated hundreds of years ago somewhere in Latin America or Mexico where that story is still popularly told. Just as everything else we've discussed, there are a lot of versions of this legend. At its core, it involves a mother who killed or, or lost, I guess, her children, but usually killed, usually by drowning. And after that was filled with heartbreak and regret over it, drowning herself in grief, literally, not like just crying, but like actually drowning herself or sometimes simply dying of grief. The reason she did this varies, uh, killed her children from catching her rich husband cheating and killing their children in a fit of rage to discovering her children are illegitimate and killing them to prevent the wife from taking them away or even killing them as a way to be with a man she loves, but he rejects her, so she takes her own life after that. Because of what she did, she is trapped in purgatory until she finds her children. A lot of the stories say she goes to the gates of, of heaven and they're like, can't come in without the souls of your children, sorry. So she has to go look around for the souls of her children. And she haunts the earth, searching for them, wailing, where are my children dressed in a long white burial gown? These days, in popular legend, she kidnaps children who resemble her own or those who disobey their parents. Or I've personally heard children whose parents she thinks don't deserve them. Right. Um, which is an interesting take on, on that idea. In some versions, she attacks cheating men or lures drunk men into the water. Her whale is sometimes believed to be a foreteller of doom, kind of like a banshee. And her story really has captivated and terrified generations. You can find articles of people writing, like, I heard this word when I was a kid and I still am afraid of it. Like, it's just really yeah. sticking with people. Some trace her story back to the Aztec goddess Coatelicu. And I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Who legend has it, uh, this goddess was heard weeping before the Spanish conquest. So like crying for her children. Others claim she is actually, La Llorona is actually Hernan Cortez's interpreter and lover, La Malinche. Um, when the Aztec capital fell, Cortez returned to his first wife, abandoning La Malinche and the son they had together. Interestingly, she's also considered the mother of modern Mexico, while also a traitor for aiding the Spanish. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Some researchers have suggested this story and others like it reflect patriarchal standards of blaming the woman and here the mother and the trope of the evil failed mother 
um, that it's a way to reinforce expectations around being this perfect mother. We've talked about that a lot, too. Right. They point out that she shares a lot of characteristics with other urban legends and monsters, um, some that we're going to talk about later. But yeah, that was really interesting because there's been like legit research papers written on her and what she represents and particularly what she represents in Mexico with the history aspect. So so a lot going on there for sure. Did you watch the movie? I've seen both movies because as is, we were talking about this other night. Yeah. As is the case, a lot of times two movies about the same thing kind of come out around the similar time. So I've seen kind of the more classic mainstream American horror movie, and then I saw one that was much more like, uh, I believe it's a Spanish, it's a foreign language film, and it was much more about like politics and a dictator and possible dementia and or Alzheimer's. Like, is this is he hallucinating or is she real? Oh dang, I need to go find that mm-hmm. one because yeah, I like the movie a lot because uh, it was fun and then learning that tale. But yeah, there's definitely a different variation again of the woman in white uh, mm-hmm. who wants to punish. Some men sometimes. I found this. Yeah, that does seem to be a lot of the theme about punishing men. Also punishing women and punishing kids. There's just a lot of punishing. A lot of punishment. Apparently. Yeah, judgment a and punishment. A lot of punishing. <laughs> yes. So now we're going back a bit east uh, and we're talking about the legendary Hanako-san, which is the young girl who haunts the girl's bathroom at the school. And of course, brought memories of Harry Potter. Yep. Mom as Myrtle. we know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Morning Myrtle who likes to stay in the girl's bathroom and she's very helpful. Of course, <laughs> we don't have any uh, Harry Potter wizarding world in Hanako-san's uh, tale. <laughs> but yes, it did bring me to that. But she, of course, was before Harry Potter, duh. Mm-hmm. And how did this young girl who they see become a ghost? Well, according to different legends, we have a version which uh, talks about the young girl, Hanako-san, being killed while playing hide-and-seek. And it was at this time that the uh, air raid happened in Japan during World War II, and she was caught in that blast and tragically killed at that point, and then came back as a ghost. Then there's another version, which is kind of like a how we were talking about with La Llorona and a lot of other tales about her actually being murdered tragically by either a parent or uh, sometimes tells talk about a stranger who murders her. And then there is the possibility that she was abused and sad and so she died by suicide. So I think you tell the tale based on which one scares you the most and you go into depth. I think the most tragic is the World War II thing. I'm like, oh, that makes me yeah. really sad because that could be too real. It happened. Mm-hmm. And all of that. And of course, one of the best parts of this tale, much like Candyman, because uh, we were talking about the new release of Candyman and how it scared the hell out of me when it was first released uh, when I was younger and I watched mm-hmm. it younger. I still have nightmares about that one. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's a type of the Bloody Mary tale, but that you can actually summon Hanako-san if you want to. Don't do it. I feel like that's just always, <laughs> just don't do it. I don't know why you would do it. Just don't. Uh-huh. I'm about to give you instructions on how to do this, but don't. I'm going to do that there. <laughs> and how does one summon such a sad and typically evil spirit? Well, you enter the girl's bathroom at a school. Best on the third floor. Apparently, the number three is very, very key here. Mm-hmm. Best on the third floor. Go to the third stall of the bathroom and you knock three times and ask Hanako-san. Are you there? 
I'm not doing this. And if she responds with, yes, I am here, or something along those lines with a very eerie voice, apparently, then you may see a ghostly hand or a bloody hand appear under the stall coming towards you. And Mm -hmm. that's only if you're lucky. That's all you see. But she also may appear, uh, and you will see her, apparently a red skirt. Red is a big theme here. Yeah. And maybe sometimes with burn marks, they say that. And she will pull you through the toilet into hell. So she's going to drag you into hell through the toilet. There's so many things to that that's just nightmarish. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll talk about like a squatty potty and all of that. And like she'll just come and grab you from underneath that. There's oh, enough gosh. horror things that I'm afraid it's going to crawl up from a squatty <laughs> potty in general. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Or yeah. she may have her three-headed lizard come and devour you. So that is, and you may not see her at all. All you see when you open the door is a three-headed lizard that wow. is used to kill you and eat you. And there are a few that believe it is possible that you uh, will not be eaten or you will not be dragged to hell if you present her with your perfect grades, showing that you are a great student, I guess. Or some versions say a perfect exam score. Uh-huh. So maybe you have a test on hand. So don't go into the bathroom unless you have a perfect uh, score <laughs> doing this, okay? Uh, which, again, makes it seem like this is an academic influence cautionary yes. tale of like, you better have good grades or Hanako-san's going to come and get you. Yes. If you're stupid exactly enough to try to summon like. her. <laughs> but either way, don't do it. Don't don't summon evil things. Let's not attempt them. That's my advice. <laughs> and she has made her rounds in uh, def- different animes and mangas and yeah. movies as yeah, well as I've in fact. I just pulled up. Yeah, I just pulled up a trailer for one. Very mm-hmm. fun. Um, so yeah, she is definitely famous. Don't tempt her. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I did just have a discussion about this other day before we watched Candyman. I was like, it's not, I don't believe it. I'm just not going to do it. Right. There's <laughs> no reason to try to tempt this. We, I did do Bloody Mary and I think we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, um, we are. I did go down a rabbit hole after this years, years, years ago, after the whole Eliza Lamb thing, which I'm not going to go into, but some of you probably know what I'm talking about. And the, one of the theories for the whole thing uh, was there's this thing called the elevator game, which is kind of like this. Like you get to the fifth floor and then you press all these buttons and then you don't turn around and then you'll never know if your world is real or not. For some reason, it really freaked me out. And then I started, instead of stopping there, I was looking at all these other games you can do to like summon things. <laughs> like, what is this? Right. Same thing with Ouija boards. I stay away from those two. Oh, I went Although, through a big Ouija board period and then it scared me and I've not used it since. <laughs> Just saying, don't tempt them. <laughs> Wait, so we were talking about the games. Did you do any of those games? Can you tell, like, as a kid? I did Bloody Mary. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely tried Bloody Mary several times. Did you do the light as a feather stuff as a board one? I never did that. Oh. I, did you? Yeah, it worked too. It was freaky. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we all ran. <laughs> I mean, it's... Of course, there was 10 of us with two fingers up. So I feel like plausibly we could do this, but it felt mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah. I mean, it does. It looks weird to me. And I find it, like, it makes sense. I've read the articles about why it works and I believe them, but it just right. looks weird. It, right? <laughs> and as children, when you hear these things and you it works, not cool, man. Yeah. I did the, um, 
it's like you crack an egg. It's not a real egg, but it's like a thing that you do. Someone yeah, does yeah, to your yeah. back. You crack the egg. And you can and you feel, feel the filling. Yeah. And then you see, and it's supposed to foretell how you die. And mine yeah. was like apparently from a great height. I'm like, I think that's just because you pushed me. <laughs> okay. Whoa. There, I'd, I'd never heard that part. I knew the crack an egg and do this. That was just the sensation. I didn't know you're supposed to see your death. Yeah. They, they shove you and you're supposed to see. Oh. Shove you? What? What? I don't believe this is real. This one was being mean to you. No. They crack an egg. They like do a knife in your back. Not a real knife again. People who have no idea what we're talking about are like, what? (laughs) It's just some like game that you played where somebody was giving you these sensations and feelings on your back and they would say this like creepy poem while they did it. When I played it, they would shove you at the end and you were supposed to just see like a color and the color you could interpret to mean what your death would be. And I saw something that either meant like water or fall from a great height. But I again, I think because you shoved me, that's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Anyway, yes. moving on. But yes. Moving on. Yes. Well, we'll have more discussion like this in yes. part two. But in the meantime, listeners, if you have urban legends from your area. Oh, yes. Oh, please, please let us know. You can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I'm Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.